welcome! Bark, bark! We're here on the island. I'm just going to bark periodically this episode to cover up the fact that my dog is trying to interrupt our recording process. So I hope that's not annoying. Bark, bark. And we are back on the island. OTIP, as our boy Dan Rangering likes to call us, which I really like. And I don't know why we didn't try that before. Hashtag OTIP on the island podcast. Survivor David vs. Goliath, week number 10. There are only three weeks left of Survivor. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the back end here, but a jam-packed two-hour episode, two people go home, lots of stuff happens, plenty to talk about, so we're just going to dive right into it to break down all the action and the latest two members of the jury. I'm Taylor Gaines, and here with me, my co-host, there's a 0.0% chance that he is not going to eat while we're recording this podcast. It's Tyler B. Commons. Just let me order my rice, man. I know it's all I've had for the last 29 days, but I'm going to order me some rice because I like rice and beer and rice and beer and lots and lots of beer. <laughs> Let's just talk about the beer right now. I want to like <laughs> part of me feels like if you're running on like a scoop of rice a day, everyone who touches alcohol is going to be wasted. But Carl also seemed like a very special case for what we usually see on this show. What was crazy about it was how wide open his mouth became as soon as he started drinking. Like, as soon as he talked, all inhibition was gone. And he was just like, okay, here's my plan. And this is what we're going to do. Everybody listen to me. You know what the plan is? All right, let's not talk about it tomorrow. Listen, right, you know why you can trust me? My social security number is 125 force it like he was just giving out everything because he had no restraint it it was very entertaining but Davey was falling on his ass too trying to uh get out of the boat i guess kara and mike were not as drunk but well actually i want to say mike was being held up by someone as he walked around oh you know what i think my brain is mixing up the other reward challenge when he ate a bunch of food because there were Mm. (laughs) not only were people getting drunk in this episode uh, people went and ate food at a reward and were throwing up everywhere. Uh, I think we saw Allison throw up. We saw Alec throw up. And what I'm thinking of is Mike was walking around with Gabby uh, holding him up, and he looked like he was about to throw up too. <laughs> I couldn't decide because they kept writing it off as like, oh, no, they just ate so much. But did Survivor give them food poisoning and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try this to was play the- it off and they all ate? Just too much. I was going to mention this because uh, our friend Annie Dennert, who joined us in the preseason from realityblurred.com, wrote in his recap this this kind of conspiracy theory that you're talking about because his evidence was that every single person used that same exact language. They all said, ate too much, as if the producers were like, say they ate too much. <laughs> and he, he said they probably told them to say that because it sounds a lot better than they got food poisoning from a sketchy picnic. <laughs> and I don't know, because that one was the one that was like wraps and salads, right? So there's a good chance that food could have just been gross. Yeah, I don't... Like you said, it's one of our many conspiracy theories, and I always try to come up with fun conspiracy theories. <laughs> and as far as we know, everyone had food poisoning this episode. <laughs> as much as I want to spend the rest of the episode talking about beer and food especially because I just had a nice like pulled pork meal and I feel really good about it. We're going to have to talk about other things. So uh, you want to talk about Survivor? Does that work? 
Yeah, I'm so ready to talk about the two hottest girls I've ever seen in the world. Christian and Gabby. <laughs> that was great. I wish they got to play that up more before the family letters came in and stole the show. As Alec got ready to play the role of bartender, I guess he was saying, and trying to get the numbers or of Christian and Gabby. Although, I, I don't know, are bartenders allowed to just get people's numbers? Is that, like, cool? He was he was flirting for tips, or in oh, his yeah, case, votes, you, you know? Yeah, well, I want to start with wherever you want to start, because I'm still feeling very giving after Thanksgiving last week, and I just feel like this was such a long episode that <laughs> there's a lot to pick from. So tell me what your favorite moment from the entire five hours was. It had to be, once again, Christian stealing the show and the little montage of him starting to talk <laughs> in the 5.5 hour immunity challenge where he just starts talking to Jeff about the most random things and they keep showing the clock. If the clock was accurate and he was actually talking from when they said he started to when they said he stopped, he talked for two hours and 20 minutes. I don't understand. I like. I hope that that was real. Because that was definitely my favorite moment. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was like psychological warfare. I don't know if he really talked for the entire time straight, but it sounds like that was part of his strategy from what Jeff and Alec were saying in interviews today. Mm -hmm. Bark, 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 bark. And (laughs) I think I'll read what Alec said because he kind of comments on it. He, He said four hours in, a wave came over Christian and he just started telling stories. Spoiler alert, by the way, at this point. I don't know if people actually listen not knowing what happened, but Alec and Carl went home. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we are going to keep going, even though you know that information. Four hours in, a wave came over Christian, Alex said. He just started telling stories to distract himself. Bark, bark. And then it started to get in my head. Can you hear that? What, your dog? The, the dog. Uh, I can hear whispers of it, so, you know, it depends on how good the headphones are. That means other people will probably hear it, too. (laughs) Good. Yeah, that's your Easter egg for this week, is how many... If the first person to tell me the number of times my dog barks during this episode will win a bowl of jelly beans. Oh, okay, so Alex said he just started telling stories to distract himself, and it started to get in my head. I'm like, dude, this kid is killing me right now. I love the way he talks on paper. It's like... Just exactly what you think. It was hard. I remember looking at him. Oh my God, bro. Come on. I think we were like six inches apart. So Christian was pretty close to where the other players that dropped out were sitting. I was almost the furthest one down, but I could hear it. It was in my ear. It was really, really frustrating. But you have to hand it to Christian. He honestly would have stood up there for 12 hours, no doubt. Yeah, I was super happy for Christian to win an immunity challenge because he even said it. It's probably one... If not the only, maybe there's going to be one more that he has a shot at winning. But this I one tell is... you, though, you talk about judging books by their cover. Christian's been competitive often, I think. I don't think he's won, but he's been in the last couple or like solving puzzles. Like the first half of the season, he was crushing the puzzles back to the very first episode. And yet <laughs> you watch all the interviews after the challenge and everyone's just like, you saw how long Alec was up there. He's a threat. <laughs> like uh christian was up there longer (laughs) yeah uh, yeah we'll we'll talk about alec more but that was an amazing moment especially because it was allegedly very hot people were like hiding under the bench trying to survive yeah i mean alec 
Alec just said that the best. Christian just outplayed me. He played that challenge better than I played it. He got in my head, and it was hard. It was devastating because I felt like I let go of a million bucks. And that's really what it felt like because I was always kind of high on Alec. I think I even had him in my top three last week. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we make mistakes around here at the podcast. But uh, <laughs> even though I, I very much was like, Oh, we both have all Davids, right? And you were like, no. <laughs> I have a Goliath who's going home next episode. <laughs> I did like Alec too, though. I, I thought he was playing a good social game. He just found himself all of a sudden right in the crosshairs, which we'll get to. But uh, just on that moment, I also enjoyed Jeff saying that uh, the nachos that Angelina Carl and Nick sat out for were one of the largest platters of nachos ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I was like, that's really not a, like a big platter. I've been to places that will <laughs> give you like, you know, 14 inches wide, like on a pizza serving tray. I don't know what we you're got, talking about. We got one of, we got the largest nachos ever made. They're going to be the best. The, we, we got the best nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, He's wrong about that. And Dan pointed it out on Twitter, too. He said, uh, come on, Jeff, have you never had nachos before, essentially? (laughs) And uh, that was great. For me, I think my favorite moment had to be the monologue about taking negotiating classes at Yale. Because it was edited in such a classic reality TV way of, like... (laughs) It opens with something sort of simple where you're like, okay, Angelina likes to negotiate. All right. And then it gets into like, yeah, I went to Yale, I took a negotiating class, and I really liked it. So then I took an advanced negotiating class. (laughs) And then they get to the quote-unquote negotiation, and she comes out with like basically everything but three things and and offers it, which in post-game, Jeff has said was like not, like it actually was a low-ball offer according to what they had in mind. Um, even though it sounded like a lot to me, he was like, the only way I would have given it to them is if they gave up their entire shelter, which is good to know for future survivor players, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, which is awesome. But I was in the same boat you were. It felt like she was giving up the entire kitchen. She gave but if, everything the funny thing away. is, even if you accept what Jeff said as like true, she came out and he was like, that's low ball. And she was like, well, you got to start with the low ball. And I was like, <laughs> wondering if that was part of her negotiating class is when you make the lowball offer, you tell the other person you're making a lowball offer, <laughs> like <laughs> just so they know. But, uh, obviously then he told her that someone can sit out and I'll give you just enough rice to survive. And she did. And it was a nice moment for everybody. Yeah. I don't, we've talked to people that have made trades for extra rice before on some off screen trades too. Yeah. And they, Nothing sounded like as much as Angelina gave away. It sounds like they were just like, oh, we're going to take all your comfort items. We're going to take your pillows and your blankets and maybe a tarp or something. Not like we're going to take your pillows and your blankets and all the fishing gear and all the kitchen utensils except two pots and a knife. And you can get our hammock and you can get um, half our rice and the she shell that I found. And you can have the fish that are out in the ocean. We won't go fishing anymore. And we won't hunt goats. I like how <laughs> like she was... even brought the shell to the, to the negotiation as like a visual aid for Jeff to see. <laughs> it was great. I think uh, her game has been just continually stranger and stranger as the week goes on, as the weeks go on. Like 
this was at least a point for her in the narrative category that I talked about last week of like a good moment where she gave in for the tribe. And what's weird is we talked on the last episode about how we felt like she should have moved over to the Davids. And then she did this episode, but it felt like meaningless in a lot of ways. Like all of a sudden she's just there. And it, I, I feel like if she had done it earlier, it would have really made an impact. Well, that was the thing that all the Goliaths were talking about these last two weeks or three weeks when it was kind of shifting towards David control. And, you know, you get rid of uh, Dan and you get rid of John and then you get rid of Alec, not in that order. They were all saying, and Allison actually said it, we were all just waiting for that time when someone's going to jump over and make a move, but no one ever did and we were frozen. I feel like my moment has come too late that now it's not meaningful you're not as trustworthy waiting so long it was kind of like oh my plan fell apart david's you're all plan b and i'm gonna come hang out with you instead of like jumping over two or three weeks ago as we've been trying to say well what's fascinating to me too is they still it was it was five to five even despite all that but because alec and allison voted for angelina as like a contingency plan it was like the straw that finally broke the camel's back and she was like, screw you guys, I'm out. And it really swung the game completely in the opposite direction because we went from weeks of talking about the Goliaths being too confident, like splitting votes when they barely had an advantage, which led to John's vote out. And then kind of a once in a lifetime series of events to get uh, Dan voted out. But still, like you can blame them for a lot of things that went wrong if you if you wanted to and i felt like the davids instantly started doing like we talked last week about how when you're in power you get like too confident and when you're not in power you stick together and you're like a much stronger alliance and i felt like the davids instantly lost all of the connection we thought they had and became like their own mess yeah this game is becoming really exciting but it's also becoming really difficult to follow who's where like I literally found this week one, baffling. <laughs> it was like one of my notes. If uh, let me see where I can find it. I was sitting here, and at one point, Mike says, "I'm in the best position. I have to choose which side to go for." And what I said about it right before he said that was, "Freaking Mike, man! He has nothing going for him, but nothing against him. Like <laughs> he's kind of in this no man's land." of no power also like he's not a threat he's not in a great alliance he's not in a terrible alliance like i just don't i can't figure it out there was so many different lines and then i mean i guess we have to get to it i don't know if you're ready yet well let me just say i I don't i don't know exactly what you're gonna say but i I just want to point out that on this topic like i felt like we were watching an episode from a different season all of a sudden like Mm. everyone was calling carl the godfather and Allison was being called Wonder Woman, and Alec was all of a sudden this obvious target that got unanimously voted out, and it was just like kind of out of nowhere in a lot of ways to me, and I didn't totally understand, uh, and I I've, I've think I have my head around it mostly now, but it just felt like it felt like with the Davids in power, just like just. Just as that alliance all of a sudden didn't know what to do, the producers didn't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, speaking to what you just said, the point I was going to make is I don't know how Alec became a unanimous vote out. Yeah, most of my notes are just questions about that. 
It felt like he had friends on both sides, which, you know, we've talked about. I thought he was in with Nick a lot more than apparently he was. I thought he was able to sway Christian and say, look, keep me as a meat shield, if nothing else, you know? Like, that's a really good argument, honestly, but it it didn't work out, and the entire tribe voted against him, and I was kind of left just wondering. I was confused because they acted like him being a physical threat was, like, the number one factor, and that... I kind of thought was something we don't focus on anymore as much, but it felt like the number one thing. Now, the argument I would probably make in retrospect is he was a social threat. I think that was something that was acknowledged that people were not shown to be saying as much. And I think in this particular season with the chaos that we've seen, I'm willing to bet that the immunity thing actually meant more than it has in recent years just because people don't feel safe and they want every possible chance they can to win so they take out an easy target especially when all of a sudden the davids are clearly in control and everyone just wants to show that they're loyal to king david yeah i mean look at the last uh i guess five people now voted out carl probably being the least tenacious when it comes to challenges but you've got john freaking wrestler athlete for his life hot cop dan who like lost 100 pounds works out fitness guy another challenge person then you get alec who clearly was the most fit and another name that was thrown out there was kind of allison as being the next biggest threat for challenges so it's seeming like all these people are basing a vote purely on well who could win the rest of the individual immunity awards we need to get them out and it's kind of weird seeing that happen because that's not been the focus for so many seasons and it's just it's strange that it's going that way yeah and 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 like i was saying it just was a flip on everything like alec all of a sudden was like this villain during the challenge where he was like you're gonna lose christian like even though like (laughs) it, it didn't i don't think he meant it that way but they kept they were kind of presenting it in a way of like this guy's the jerk and everyone's fighting against him and people were kind of openly cheering at the challenge. It was like, it felt like it came out of nowhere, but I, but obviously it didn't. And I just thought that was a strange choice as far as the storytelling goes, but it, I guess we should address the long running thread for Alec, which is that him and Kara kicked off the TMZ season by Mm -hmm. posting an Instagram story or picture i can't recall i'm sure it's deleted now anyway in the preseason after they finished filming and the caption was f it like so they they knew they were doing something they weren't supposed to do at least he did and the reporting was that he's disinvited from the reunion show and isn't allowed to get any of his appearance fee for being on the show and he kind of vaguely addressed the issue in his post-game interviews, I'll just read what he said and you can take what you will, but um, it doesn't really answer all the questions. It says, uh, the question was, what was that all about? He said, all right, so just to kind of say my piece, it's been the main bone of contention for my entire Survivor experience. The thing is, with social media, I feel things can be misconstrued, but I have nothing but the utmost respect for CBS, for Survivor, for Jeff. I went out there and I had the experience of a lifetime. My biggest dream was to be on Survivor, so to go out there and have the experience, that's what I'm going to hold close to my heart, and that's what I'm going to cherish. That was with 
Entertainment Weekly, and in his interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he said, uh, in addition, I take full ownership of it. It sucks, but I'll always remember, blah, 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 the experience I had out there with Jeff. Blah, 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 it's a bummer, but I love Jeff. Blah, blah, blah. Bark, bark, bark. Yep. Apparently, Jeff is such a rad dude, and I was so fortunate that I got to be a part of such an amazing show. So, I mean, it so does that tells us nothing. That, yeah, it, <laughs> it tells us tell it's us. probably true that he lost all of his money, that if, if you're reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it does suck because he became, for me, kind of just a fan favorite of somebody who I thought had all the physical qualities you needed. Apparently, he had too many of them because they voted him out. But I thought he really did have the social qualities, and that's something in his uh, Ponderosa video, even Elizabeth was talking about, when he's there... He's actually there and present and listening to you. And yeah, he said, she said a he, really nice thing to him during that. I, f- I forget the exact words, but it was mm-hmm. what you said and a lot more like rosy words too. Yeah. And he was just talking about, I don't even like to think about the future. Like what's going to happen a year from now, six months from now, a month from now even. Like I just like to be where I'm at and take life day to day as it comes and you know, sometimes that can get you in trouble when you go posting <laughs> pictures with Kara on a instagram or whatever happened yeah he had a quote about kara too uh, that uh is probably worth mentioning given all this controversy because he was asked about her and he said I, I felt i needed to get her out because she was so charming and then she and i had a really cool talk on vuku which i believe is when they were three tribes we were able to really connect it was a really cool conversation i was just talking about family and talking about home i was like dude i dig this girl she's super sick i feel like i can trust her and uh maybe I mean, that was the real showmance not her and dan maybe yeah. uh, alec was trying to uh Probably throw it out there be. although uh, I, it's hard, hard to say what has happened since because they have not been posting on social media <laughs> wisely um, very wise of them i did like in his ponderosa video as well like just playing off of his like surfer bro kind of thing he must have said stoked and bro a hundred times in that eight minute video yeah, he was definitely chill and super fun. And uh, another really awesome moment. I don't want to spoil it all, so I'll make you guys go watch it. But uh, he also wakes up John, just like Dan did. And <laughs> yeah. John is a little upset. So it's it's pretty funny. It's uh, It was a good little video. Yeah, there's guitars. There's there's um, sort of an in-memoriam type section of the video that's weird. And uh, all the other stuff we've already talked about. He lost nine pounds. Not much. Dan still holds the record for this season of, like, 20-something pounds. And uh, Carl also only lost 10 pounds, down to 144.8. Alec is, yeah, can we uh, talk Alec about was that? At 172. I had no idea Carl was smaller than me. I thought Carl was, like, six foot three, like, 185. Well. Blew my mind. I don't have much to add. <laughs> yep. Just thought I'd let you know. Yeah, it was... Uh, Interesting, too. He mentions in his Ponderosa video that he was a smoker uh, cigarettes and came out to the show and basically just stopped cold turkey, which I can't imagine is easy on your body, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> Good for him. We'll see if it continued. Who knows? I'm, I just like that Survivor's like a weight loss program. You just kind of go out and you're going to look better by the end of it. I'm sure they put it back on pretty quickly with the menu they have at Ponderosa, just getting free food, basically. So, we've tried to decipher Alec a little bit. Do you think it's anything more than what we talked about? Just all the Goliaths wanted to prove to the Davids that they were with them, so they just kind of bequeathed themselves to the... Is that the right word? Or does the higher person bequeath? 
Does the lower person or the higher person? Betrothed? They bowed down yeah. to the to the Davids to so that they could work with them on the next vote is the theory. And I guess my conspiracy theory would be that's why they stacked these episodes together because the first one was bad outside of that really insane immunity challenge. But uh but yeah, I don't know that there's much more to it than that. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to say. I mean, sadly, there wasn't a whole lot to say about Alec being this crazy threat. He was just kind of a a victim of happenstance. Obviously not in the way like Pat was a victim of happenstance, but he went home because he was a threat and it was time Goliaths were in scramble mode saying, "Okay, well what Davids can we suck up to?" well, let's just suck up to all of them and everybody vote Alec. And so nobody really stood out. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably a really good point as to why they stacked two episodes is because that one, maybe they couldn't edit it to make sense or maybe it would have given away too much and there would have been no kind of twist for it being an 11-0 or 8-0 or 7-0. I don't remember how many are out there at this point. Down to eight now. Yeah, so at that point, nine or whatever. So... It, it it sucks that Alec had to go out that way. Um, I think he was a good player. He said he wants to play again, um, and he would definitely not be a guy that I would mind seeing play again. So yeah, I really liked him. And to your point, we saw we say this all the time. Like sometimes you lose, and you know it's not because you did a bad job. It's just how the game unfolded. Like only one person can win. That doesn't mean that only one person played well. Yeah. So, too bad for Alec. I feel less bad for Carl, given the presentation we got in this episode. And, you know, we we always throw in the edit caveat, but he just truly got drunk with power. And you never want to be the guy in the hammock, as Stephen Fishback said in his column today. (laughs) You never want to be the guy laying back saying yes i'll do this for you on the day of my daughter's wedding (laughs) yeah i actually thought fishback's article was very helpful for me because like i said i was so confused by this entire carl being powerful thing that i just needed an expert to like guide me through what happened because this is a guy who has not really been in the forefront at any point. He he paints it in the post game as if him and Davy and Nick were this like holy triumvirate of players who were deciding each and every vote. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe there's something to that. He was the one who played the nullifier, and that was obviously a historic move. But it just was weird for a player who only had one point in our power rankings the whole season to all of a sudden be like, the mafia boss of everyone i I thought fishback's breakdown was was helpful because he tried to explain why like this move made sense for someone like christian and gabby i'm curious what your theory on it was before i like let the expert in the room yeah i don't there was whispers of him being father-like early on but not godfather-like so when he was just presented as the guy making all the shot calls unopposed and you know this is how this is going to happen this is how it's going to break down i never saw him as the ringleader even when i was talking about last week with christian and davy and carl 
and you know Dan's been in that alliance but kind of quiet or not Dan Nick has been in that alliance but kind of quiet I was really shocked to find out how vocal Carl has been and maybe all the cards just aligned for it to be right because when Christian was targeted he might have decided to take a few steps back and say okay I'm gonna be less vocal I'm gonna be less the speaker of this group of three or four and just you know let Carl paint a target on his back or well something like that I mean you're kind of going in a different direction of like something I just wanted to bookmark here regardless of what we say about Carl is that I think Nick and Davey and Carl were definitely the most in the know for the the last two big votes and Mm -hmm. Christian for at least one of those votes was just kind of brought in. And the significant thing about this vote out of Carl is Nick and Davey did not see it coming at all. Regardless of what we think of Carl's gameplay, they were out of the loop and that does a lot for opening the game back up in the final few episodes here and like leaving the door open for Christian and Gabby to, kind of take potential control barring uh, any breakdown that's that they they kind of teased in the next episode that gabby might turn on christian which i would find shocking but i, I don't know we'll have to see on that but yeah I, so here's here's the point that fishback makes to try to justify this rapid rise to power and i'm gonna read significant chunk here because i think he's very smart his essential point is the the basic that's Survivor for you as soon as you stop scrambling, you're poached. Which, <laughs> it's brilliant wordplay based off the episode as well with all the egg talk. He points out, I believe that Carl is the biggest threat in the same way that I believe that salads and wraps are a fantastic Survivor reward. Is anybody worried about Carl winning immunity? Is anybody worried about Carl winning the game? He's the perfect person for David's to keep around because he's loyal. His Godfather act focuses the tribe attention and he actually tells you what he's planning. Quote, predictable people are a gift from the survivor gods. Why on earth would you eliminate one? So this is the theory. The only person who Carl is actually a threat to is Gabby. Because he's cutting her out of her own alliance and replacing her with Angelina. That's why Gabby wins the Fishy Award this week. Which is the fictional award that Stephen Fishback awards to his favorite player every week. She manages to save her ally Allison and take out her antagonist Carl. She also has an interesting point that Carl makes David seem like his foot soldiers. Quote, we have to remove the Godfather so people know we have agency in this game. She says, Gabby convinces Christian and Marshall's Kara, Allison, and Mike, who I'm sure are delighted to see that David's turn on each other. He points out something I said before in, a, in different words. It's pretty impressive that it took the Davids only three days to turn into the complete cluster bleep that it took the Goliaths a month to master. Christian, meanwhile, who... who Fishback points out, just uh, as a quick aside, is is everyone's comfort blanket. He calms Gabby down when she's mad at Carl. He hugs Allison after Alex vote out. He consoles Alec during the immunity after the immunity challenge. I, I kind of wanted to ask you before I finish his his argument here of like, who do you think is playing playing the best social game? Because I would have said Alec was one of the top two or three, and now all of a sudden it looks like Christian is like probably the best social player out there yeah i thought christian has always been a good quirky social player the kind of uh friendly guy but you know we did get to see him consoling a lot of people alec definitely was one that was on the top of my list i think 
Nick was also one on the top of my list just because he's been able to talk to everybody and even more yeah. we found out he had more alliance names. Carl said theirs was the Rattlers. So yeah. I thought He did an interview with the Hollywood Reporter the other day that he lists all of the names and I'll I'll, I'll pull that up as you're talking here. And I thought um Nick was probably the best social game, but seeing Christian sort of make that evolution from just kind of this quirky nerdy guy it's almost when you join a new friend group and you have to tell as many jokes as you can you have to get them laughing and you have to like oh be let in and then be invited to stuff and like we're watching that happen before our eyes and now christian is to that point where like he no longer has to prove who christian is how funny he is how quirky he is how intelligent he is he's like just there for you and he's got your back and he wants what's best for you and he's there to console you when there's a hard vote out or when you don't feel accepted like in the case of what allison was feeling after the uh vote out last week where she said i don't think i've made a move i'm worried i'm scared and christian's kind of taken that role upon himself of being the guy that sort of links everybody together so here's the concern with christian and and by the way the the alliances you mentioned the rattlers Carl and Nick, uh, short for the Texas rattlesnakes, the deadliest snake in Texas. We knew we know about Mason Dixon, obviously with Christian. Uh, we know about rock stars with Mike. The other ones he mentions are Elizabeth. They were the thoroughbreds. I don't know if we heard that one. Alec and Nick were surf and turf, and John and Nick were a tag team wrestling duo called the Torch Snuffers. <laughs> and obviously, Team Dick. How can you forget with him and Davey? But the Flip side of Christian that I'm concerned about, just to paraphrase the last few things that Fishback says here, is all of a sudden he has done two self-destructive votes in a row for what he has going forward because he voted out two huge quote-unquote threats in that Alec was going to potentially win the rest of the way if, if he got the chance to. And Carl was this big, like, figurehead who was annoying everyone. So two potential, like you said, uh, meet whatever you said. Um, <laughs> Meatheads? I don't know where. <laughs> you said something uh, about meat before. I don't remember. <laughs> they're, they're Essentially, the two biggest pieces of meat, is that what you said? He took sure. them out of the game when they were protecting him, potentially, from being voted out. And... Even in this episode, he said, I've always believed that in order for me to survive, I have to keep threats around or else I will be the only threat remaining. And it feels very much like he is the only threat remaining now in a really big way. Uh, there are obviously a lot of threats, but like in the most overt way, it's kind of looking very obvious that they need to do something about him. And I don't, I don't know if I'm as concerned just because he's had such a positive edit that I, I would be kind of surprised if he doesn't make final three at this point but uh outside of that i think this was potentially dangerous for him what do you think yeah and it goes to that conversation that um we've alluded to several times about him needing to keep someone like alec around as it was presented in the first half of this week's episode he does need that person that looks like a giant threat and it is kind of scary, but I also think Allison's name was thrown out there. Gabby, from scenes to the next episode, looked like she might be trying to make moves. I think there's still potential for him to be safe 
as long as he doesn't make like a huge splash, he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to blow up and yell at people. He doesn't seem like he's a guy that's going to completely kick someone to the curb and become public enemy number one. But it it does seem like strategy took a backseat to emotion when he goes with Alec or when he goes with Carl. Just because those were people who somehow had targets on their back. Even if I can't (laughs) sit here and tell you exactly why they had the targets, they did. And Christian just went along with that. And that's been the theme of the last few vote-outs is get rid of the giant threats. And we'll see if that continues, and we'll see if they're able to sort of show us who is the next biggest threat next week. Yeah, and I I just would say it should be him, but I don't think it will be. I I think the other thing about him is... All those key moments we watched earlier in the season of him bonding with Dan and John and becoming an honorary brochacho are going to start mattering in a really big way because those two guys and Elizabeth, who I think likes him fine, have been at Ponderosa the longest and will have the most opportunity to affect the vote out of anyone. And I just would be shocked if he didn't already have like at least three or four votes locked up right now. I don't see Alec, for example, deciding that he'll vote for Gabby out of that pair or something. And I think with all the testosterone on Ponderosa, it's going to be hard probably for any woman (laughs) to win the vote right now unless things start bouncing out a little bit. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I I just would be surprised if people finally make a move on Christian. Uh, the interesting thing for to me is I think Gabby gets most of the credit for this week's move in my book because she was the one who got forced out of the alliance. Obviously, her and Christian are very close, and they have been since the beginning. And they, she gathered up the Goliaths that she needed and kind of led the charge on like her revenge tour on Carl of being all of a sudden not a David, like replaced by Angelina. And... Uh, It was definitely the biggest move of her game so far because before now we've kind of just been waiting for her to do something. She definitely had a strong week of rallying people, this alliance that's been shown the last few weeks of her and Allison is looking like it's going to make waves and she is ready to make a move. We always have talked about her this season as maybe she's too emotional. Maybe she lets things affect her too much. And that could absolutely be what the big move alluded to happening next week is. But she definitely played really well and rallied and got what she wanted this week. And that is a very powerful thing to go forward. And that's a great resume builder. If she does somehow make final final three with Christian, she can be like, look, Christian was great. Everybody loved Christian. Or if she gets there with Allison, she can say, Allison was fine. But I, when things had to get done, I made sure they got done and I made sure they happened. So she definitely had a great episode as far as building her resume. Yeah, I think for people who uh, have been playing the survivor drinking game of like, will Gabby cry this episode? You would probably enjoy the social media internet back and forth between her and Stephen Fishback because uh, Fishback famously cried a lot during confessionals in his season and they've basically just been making fun of each other for how much they cry (laughs) and uh, it makes me smile but yeah I think this was 
big for her. And, and like I said, on the inverse, like, I feel like these Davids who we argued, or at least I argued last week, are kind of the favorites for any potential final three are going to be Davids. And I felt like this move by Gabby and Christian, while increasing their threat level, also brought the playing field to a pretty even place with Davey and Nick. Yeah, but I don't, I still don't feel like either of them is a big enough threat to warrant a vote out, if that makes sense. I think just their being on the outs with Carl going home, they've kind of been neutralized and kind of now play that role of, well, let's just bring them along, you know? Maybe, Davey maybe and Christian... Nick, uh, yeah. Yeah, they could potentially be powerless now. I, I don't know. I think, like like this episode's title said, the tribal lines are definitely blurred, and I, I'm not sure what's going to happen because Davids are going to have to start turning on Davids. Goliaths are kind of in a really good spot all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Just to, to, to wrap up on Carl, I thought Jeff's post-game words about him were not mean, but didn't sound like he would have him back. <laughs> like... Not because of any personal reasons, just it sounds like he didn't respect his, like, game that much. He, he said that uh, he, he's so unpredictable and so uneven in his gameplay. There are aspects of Carl that make him potentially great. And then there are obvious weaknesses, like a massive lack of awareness that led to his ultimate downfall. I think we saw a very true representation of where Carl lost the plot, and it was his inability to read the situation. I think Carl took for granted that the others were okay with the way he was taking on the leadership role. You always have to be aware of which aspects of your personality you're highlighting in any given situation as you're essentially wearing a series of masks and you have to be able to swap costumes effortlessly and without anyone ever noticing. In Carl's case, alcohol became an adversary to his awareness. He took off his humility mask to have another beer and forgot to put it back on. He stopped paying attention and never saw it coming. Or as Carl said... In his post game, honestly, I have to say, after that reward, I was wasted. <laughs> yeah, and to his credit, he feels as if the edit didn't show him the best on Hollywood Reporter. He said, this whole season, I haven't gotten the best edit. You know what I mean? I was kind of always in the background, you know? So people didn't think that I was really playing the game, but the whole time I was playing, it's just I play the way that I am. I lay low and keep an eye on everything, and I'm always watching everything. So we always talk about it. No one goes out there to lose no one goes out there to just be like all right well i'm done unless you're a johnny fairplay who quit on the first episode his second season back but he's the worst ever um so in a sense we got to hear from him the strategy he was going with and i understand why i didn't get a good edit because sitting back and watching people and only talking when you need to doesn't lend itself to a lot of development as a character or a contestant on a show it's just saying you're there and you're thinking like that's not exciting for people to watch i just found it funny that in his ponderosa video he's like i never got too cocky and i'm proud of that and you're like huh <laughs> like i feel like you definitely did that's kind of your main thread here uh also by the way we didn't mention this the family visit coming up next week and carl and alec got to see some family members in carl's ponderosa video so nice moment there too yeah, I'm not surprised that we got to this point. I am surprised the path by which we got here. That's all That's all I would say about Carl. Gone too soon. Actually, no. He's gone right when he needed to go. Tough episode for sexism in Survivor. Uh, as the Hidden Immunity Idol goes to yet another man. 
as Angelina pointed out earlier this year. And uh, Mike, at one point, was talking about Angelina and her plan to negotiate uh, and said, in a way, she's right, but she's still aggravating, (laughs) which really just feels like the epitome of like, it's just a woman saying it, so I don't like it. But uh, I don't want to cast too many dispersions. It just was a tough look with all the conversation this season. I did enjoy, by the way, Andy Dennett, who I mentioned earlier. I forgot to read this line. He said, I suspect Angelina's negotiation will be taught for decades to come in those very courses at Yale where she learned negotiation. (laughs) Yeah, so the only other thing I want to mention is what I just alluded to, which is Nick sneaking out just like uh, somebody did that recently in a different season. I can't remember who. Sneaking out to go find... A hidden immunity idol while everyone sleeps. Uh, Alec in his postgame said, although it looks like the Davids were just trying harder, and this isn't exact words, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, I'm just a heavy sleeper. What could I do? <laughs> I'm just tired. I have so much more muscles than them and they need rest. <laughs> he said there were like multiple times where he would wake up and pull his blindfold off and everyone would basically be playing like beach volleyball and he'd be the only one sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, good for him. It was a uh, it was a good idol find. I don't. It didn't actually feel very risky. Like it didn't say, "Hey, these torches will be lit for thirty minutes between you know one thirty and 2. It was like, "You literally have all night. Just whenever you feel like it, just get up and come find us." <laughs> also, it helps that everyone around you has food poisoning, so you know they won't really even care that you walked away. It was Chris Noble who did it last time. And it didn't feel stressful when he did it either. It was just kind of like a thing that happened. So, yeah, good for Nick. It was it was concerning for his edit that he had this huge moment where he went and got a hidden immunity idol and then barely had any screen time the rest of the way and then was on the wrong side of the vote. So we'll see what happens with him. But definitely a stock down for Nick Wilson. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get into our power rankings? I don't think so. I'm ready to bring on the numbers. This is where we All stack right. up this week. Bring them on. Who is your number one for this week? And are you, I guess since we're getting closer, I'm going to press you on this a little bit. Are, are you viewing this as number one player of this two-hour episode or number one as far as you what you think of their chances to win? I'm going to, <laughs> this week, focus on this week's episode. I think that's right, because it was so long. Sometimes I feel very um, guilty for not doing that and just looking overall big picture and focusing on not the week-to-week. But if we are just focusing on this week, my number one... (laughs) By the way, I should point out, as you you explain that we have almost no consistency to this, I should say that I haven't said this in a while. The way this works is number one for each of us gets three points, number two gets two, number one gets one. And that's what leads to our point totals that we have been updating on Twitter every Monday regarding like who has compiled the most points for the power rankings. And I will uh, tell you, heading into this week, Christian was in the lead with 30, Nick was in second with 21, Davey was in third with 16, and then a big drop off to Alec at 7, Angelina at 6, Allison at 2, Gabby at 2, Carl at 1, Kara at 1. So really... It's Christian, Nick, and Davey by a long shot, but uh, obviously we won't be really factoring that into our power rankings for right now. But who's your number one? Number one this week has to be Gabby. The way she orchestrated change and made a lot of uh, things happen and got the ball rolling and 
the preview, I mean, I'm saying I'm trying to keep just this episode, but even the preview for next episode, she looks like she's still trying to make some moves. So Gabby coming on strong lands her at number one this week for me. Gabby is also my number one for all those reasons and more. I also want to say, now that we're getting down to it here, your final three in the preseason was Allison, Christian, Gabby, which is very much a possibility and is fascinating that you're that close. I will say you had Allison winning, so I'm not as confident about that. And I'm pulling for Gabby because I apparently picked her as the preseason winner. And her final three was her, Dan, and Angelina. So obviously that's not possible, but we're both doing pretty okay, I would say. We, we got a lot, a lot of wiggle room left. Yeah, not too bad. So for my <laughs> number two... Ah, it's so, it's so difficult because like we said, the first episode, I didn't really get to see or understand the strategy behind it. The second episode, people we thought have always been on the inside appear to be on the outside with Nick and Davey. So for number two, for me has to go Christian because Christian was in the vote to get rid of Carl. He knows what's going on and he like I said, just keeps finding himself in the center, but not the target aside from, you know, two weeks ago when he was, he wasn't the target at all this week. And so he's in a really safe position. It feels like this is as close as we've ever gotten to having the same final or the same power rankings. I think, because I also will say Christian, it's it's like you said about the voting. And I also have a hard time not putting him in the power rankings after he, he stood on a beam for like six hours. That <laughs> That's also worth pointing out. So and him and Gabby are a duo, so one two feels right. Gabby one, Christian two for now. Who's your number three? I don't know if we'll be able to agree because the field is kind of wide open after those two for this week. But I have one in mind. I don't know what you will say. Yeah, I'm just looking at the names left. We've got Allison, who we've mentioned a little bit. We have Mike, where I said, "What the frick is going on with him?" Kara, who was close with Alec and allies, and like I just. It's so hard. Then you have Nick and Davey on the outside. Like, I just, it's so confusing. So I have to give this one to Allison, I think, just because of her huh. relationship to with Gabby. Gabby. I think she's in a safe spot for at least a little bit. I think she's uh, strong. They talked about getting rid of her already this week, but it ended up kind of going by the wayside. I think she does have that chance to win immunity, especially now that all the major athlete type people are gone aside from Davey being able to dunk uh I think Allison is my number three for this week I feel like the last few hours of the show we've gotten a lot of interesting teasers at Kara's social game and Alec was incredibly complimentary of it as well obviously and for me she is the most interesting Goliath to watch I think Angelina has reached a point where She's kind of just fighting for moral victories because I feel like she's lost the room, so to speak, and I'm not confident in her ability to pull it out. But Kara, I was impressed with. She managed to align herself correctly for the first vote and got herself into the right position for the second one as well. And out of that group, I think it is between her and Allison probably because Mike seems a little less competent, but... Kara has the ability to, I think, connect with people in a way that could be really dangerous down the stretch and will be more 
damaging in the game than on Ponderosa. So I'm hopeful that she'll stick around a little while longer. Yeah, and to your point, she was my... It was really between Allison and Kara being third. Um, so yeah, I think that's right. Unless I, you I want to give Nick Allison. a lot of credit for finding an idol because he was out on that last vote so that kind of hurts him yeah the being out on the vote was bad having an idol in your back pocket is always a great thing but i definitely was going back and forth between allison and kara and i i went with allison because of that relationship to gabby which then could give her also christian and she was on the right side of the vote that helps that always helps all right ty this was a lot to get through i feel like we deciphered it with a plum is that how you say that or is it like a plum? Like you grab the fruit. You're the journalism guy. I don't know if I've ever even heard the word you're trying to use right now. A-P-L-M-O-P. Wait, A-P-L-O-M-B is what I meant to say. You can look it up while I talk. I think I can't believe the season is almost over. Does it not feel like that marooning on the boat was years ago? It really does. I was looking back kind of down memory lane thinking about this season and you have pat you have lirsa you have elizabeth who it feels like she was voted out forever ago and there's just <laughs> i mean pat feels couple, like he was on a different season he, he well yeah but he just went home and then like as i was watching this every time they did their little zoom out from the challenges i was like look how calm the sea is you remember at the beginning when they oh, <laughs> were like man, under yeah. double hurricane threat and like there's evacuations and it was crazy. There was like so much this season and it's been so fun and it continues to be fun and continues to be good. I just hope next week we get a little bit more clarity on the strategy moving forward. Yeah, we'll have to go down memory lane a little more later, but uh, this definitely has been the best season in years and I'm very excited to see how it wraps up. What you need to know is that Jeff and not so much announced as just kind of casually mentioned in one of his interviews with Entertainment Weekly today that the live finale reunion show is on December 19th. That means there are only two more episodes before the finale. It will be next Wednesday, the Wednesday following, and then the like three-hour finale episode probably. So we're getting right down to it and it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I, I'm looking forward to having a couple guests down the stretch here, and uh, Ty will probably be here too. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine when I'm here. I mean, whatever. Like, there's <laughs> a lot better people at this, but you know, <laughs> I do what I can. I was laughing because I had received a text message called "Really Bad Analogies" written by high school students, and in it, number eight says he was as lame as a duck. Not the metaphorical lame duck either, but a real duck that was actually lame. Maybe from stepping on a landmine or something. I hope you're happy that you listened for about 60 minutes to hear that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That's all we got. Go rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you to my high school newspaper teacher who wrote us a very nice Facebook review actually today. And uh, she got me into journalism back in the day, so... Uh, obviously very grateful to her in more ways than one, but truly indebted because she wrote a review. That's what all the listeners need to know is that writing a review is the most important thing to my life. (laughs) And we'll likely give you a shout out. So if you want to hear your name on the podcast, (laughs) go ahead and write a review. Just write a personalized message to me and you can maybe mention Ty if it interests you. Don't. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. I, I do want to announce, oh my God. I almost forgot again. Announcement. I should have said this at the beginning. 
Me and Ty have been working on a podcast project that is kicking off this Monday, December 3rd, and it appeals to everyone, right, Ty? I don't know who it wouldn't appeal to. <laughs> nostalgia. I double negatives. Nostalgia, very mature children with great senses of humor and high intelligence. People who love Pixar movies mainly is what I should mention, and, and people who love ranking things and voting things out against each other. So if you like Survivor, you'll probably enjoy that part of it. It is called Natural Selection. Go find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Our first season is going through all the Pixar movies, all 20 of them, and determining the greatest Pixar movie ever made. And it has been a lot of fun to work on, and I'm really excited for people to hear it. Yeah, it's been quite an experience going over, seeing things that uh, we grew up with. Uh, We might be a little bit younger than your average podcast podcaster but going back and seeing these movies and getting to talk about them tons of fun and the best part is you guys pick the winner yeah i'll try to link to it in the show notes so that you can go check out the preview episode our first episode will be on monday on the film toy story if you've heard of that so check that out thanks for listening we'll be back next week for our like fourth to last episode because we'll do a live finale episode and then one after that so we got like four episodes left this season i've been taylor Gaines. he's been tyler b commons and remember we always love to defer all our major life decisions to people who are half sloshed goodbye see ya friends I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.